It's, uh, it's me, Jason. It's time for another Off the Rails podcast. Welcome back. Uh, it was actually a pretty awesome week this uh, past week to be a Railhawks fan. Very excited for this week's episode. So just uh, to get through some of the uh, housekeeping things, yeah, this is Off the Rails podcast brought to you by me, Jason Santiago. You can follow me on Twitter at JasonNCSU. You can follow the podcast and subscribe if you find this on iTunes. Just look up Off the Rails Podcast. You can also find this on SoundCloud if you just look up Jason and CSU. I'll also throw this episode and all past episodes up on Twitter as well as Reddit. Okay, another week down in the NASL. And for the Railhawks, quite a nice one. All right, I want to get a chance to talk about this past weekend's matchup that we had against Indy 11 and take a look at the landscape of this past week's results. After that, we'll look ahead at uh, upcoming matchups, not only for the Railhawks, but also the league overall. And at this point in the season, we're about two-thirds of the way, about two-thirds of the way through the 2016 campaign. We really need to start paying attention to our combined standings. So we'll take a look at who do we need to win, draw, lose, uh, going into this week's matchups. Okay, so our Carolina Redhawks, we had a chance to host the Indy 11, league-leading Indy 11, number one in the combined standings, number one in the fall standings, and they were going to be bringing down a pretty nice contingency of Indy 11 fans. The Brickyard uh, Battalion, I believe, was uh, coming down. And they had a chance to join our Oak City supporter group for tailgating, where we had a very fun time with our Beer Olympics. Yeah, so for those of you who were not able to catch out of our Beer Olympics, uh, what what does that look like? So we had, let's see, a bracket going for Beer Pong. Um, yeah, two-man Beer Pong, two-man Soccer Pong. Soccer Pong is a pretty neat uh, game that I had never seen before until I saw our Oak City boys started up, but imagine beer pong except with trash cans, and instead of a ping pong ball, imagine a soccer ball that you're kicking off the ground into uh, trash cans. But I mean, it's harder than it sounds. We only play to three trash cans, and no, we don't drink a full trash can worth of beer. Uh, I mean, if someone gets uh, their ball into one of the trash cans on your side, yeah, you obviously will remove that trash can. Just like in beer pong, you would remove a cup. Um, and then you would, you know, have to down your beer. So, let's see, beer pong, there was a uh, soccer pong, there was also flip cup, and there was a shotgun contest. 
Um, I think it was supposed to be a th three-legged race, but uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't re recall that actually ended up being a thing. Uh, we'll see if any of the other events come to me. Uh, but it was a great time. Oh, man, I was so excited that so many friends, uh, so many of my friends had a chance to join as well. Um, good buddy of mine, uh, Kevin, uh, Ferg, uh, a couple guys that I brought to Relux matches in the past were able to go. My fiance, my, even my fiance was able to bring uh, three of her friends, and all three of her friends were actually first timers. So, man, what a, a first time at tailgate to actually go to Beer Olympics. They were. Uh, they were quite amazed. They were saying that uh, they were having more fun than college football tailgate games. Uh, and they were, they were asking, is it like this all the time? Well, I mean, it's usually always a really good time having a lot of fun. But <laughs> no, not necessarily doing beer Olympics uh, all the time. Uh, but anyways, how did it actually fare? Uh, I tried my hand at, at each of the events. Um, for, a flip club, for a flip cup, I was on my fiance's team. And we actually were going up against uh, two lady friends that she had brought to uh, to tailgating in the game. And my fiance and I, we lost uh, pretty bad too, but you know, that's okay. Because uh, at least the team that we lost to, being my fiance's two friends, actually ended up making it all the way to the championship finals. Unfortunately, in that championship finals, they lost to a couple of Indy 11 fans that had come, uh, come down uh, to, to check out our tailgate. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, into the uh, what beer pong, uh, my fiance and I were teamed up. We teamed up again, and it was very close. It was uh, down to one cup all, um, and we actually had a lead for most of it, um, but we ended up losing to a couple of uh, Indy Eleven fans. And uh, let's see, my fiance's uh, friends, uh, two of them are, are a couple. Um, and they had lost in the first round of beer pong and my good buddy uh, Kevin Ferg teamed up and they also lost in the first round of beer pong man I guess North Carolina's not really good at beer pong huh uh, I believe beer pong ended up seeing a, again in a couple of Indy 11 fans uh, making it to the championship I don't know who ended up winning but I know that they at least had a couple other people um, in, in the finals as far as the shotgun contest I did not partake in that um, I was telling my fiance earlier today that I've actually, I don't remember even how this conversation started, but I've actually only shotgun a beer once ever in my life. And I was at a uh, bachelor party uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, definitely not my forte, definitely not my interest, uh, to say the least. But anyways, Dag Navit, that match was also won by another Indy 11 visiting uh, fan. So, man, they were really killing us in this uh, beer Olympics. Um, now, the event that I ended up doing best with... Uh, I, would, I buddied up with my uh, friend Kevin, and we were doing the, the, the soccer pong, and we actually won our first round match against a couple of Indy 11 fans, woohoo. But in the second round, we actually got shut out, um, and the, the people that we were going up against, they were on fire, it was like unstoppable, like snipers. Um, but yeah, well, it is what it is, and another couple of Indy 11 fans made it to the finals in that too. So the redemption for our... Uh, I guess now we're getting throttled uh, Beer Olympic uh, hosts of Oak City supporters or Carolina Railhawks fans. The final event that was held, I think it was like six or seven per side, um, but it was flip cup. So um, about six or seven Indy 11 fans versus about six or seven uh, Railhawks fans. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had uh, both sides singing songs for their uh, respective uh, 
teams. Uh, we were seeing our Rally Rally um, song, just in support of our, our I guess, Redhawks, uh, Redhawks fans, really. Um, but yeah, it was a close call. But hey, we actually won an event. Our Redhawks Oak City uh, boys actually, well, boys and girls, actually won an event. So it was nice to at least finish with uh, with some sort of win uh, in the Beer Olympics. But you know what? Great idea to have that. Again, we just concluded the actual Olympics itself. Uh, but a very fun time. And a lot of first-timers at the tailgate. I think they had really set a great impression. Uh, I really appreciated all of the kind words that a lot of Indy 11 fans said, not only about the game and the facilities, but to comment on the fun tailgate atmosphere uh, was great as well. So going into the game, you know, just obviously after Beer Olympics, everyone's going in and pretty uh pretty good spirits no pun intended um but yeah we were really amped up for the game getting a chance to host the number one team in the nasl and the match you know the match was pretty much starting exactly as expected uh in unfortunate ways and the 11 was able to get first on the board against our carolina railhawks they had a well set piece slash corner kick they had a corner kick that was able to found janicki Find Janicki, who's one of Indy 11's uh, defenders, for a 20 minute, 20th minute goal. Um, if nicely enough, we were able to have a, a response by Matt Fondi uh, putting in a goal of his uh, of his own. He was found by Naz Albadawi picking up another assist, and Fondi was able to put in a goal in the 23rd minute. So yeah, Fondi, he was on fire. Uh, we were really excited to see yet again. I think this is like the fourth match or so in a row that he's able to to find uh, the back of the net. So he's he's definitely been everything that we wanted him to be uh, this fall. He's finding the net. Our, our defense, our defense is doing okay. It just we're 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 getting the goals that that we're needing, uh, but we're still needing to make an extra stop or two. Either get that extra stop or two, or we need to find that extra bit of magic and luck uh, to get that extra goal or uh, or, or two. Uh, so many of our matches, especially our home matches, have been riddled with uh, draws and I mean fairly well scoring events. Um, but anyways, uh, so after we ended up tying it one all uh, in the thirtieth minute. Uh, Zayed was able to hush the crowd literally by putting a finger to his mouth as he did it. Uh, he was able to hush our crowd and uh, go up again. So in the 11, they were leading at halftime 2-1. to one. So uh, coming out of halftime, we were really... I mean, we're definitely going to be behind our Rawhawks. We knew that we were going to have a tough challenge against Indy 11. Indy 11, they had not, considering that they just scored their second goal, they had not allowed three goals... Uh, against them all season so we knew that we were either going to have to pull off a miracle um, or this was just going to be another one of those games that just slipped through our fingers after honestly i feel playing a team pretty tight and i mean i got some stats handy uh, just to comment on um, some possession possession let's see general play possession yeah we had dominated possession six almost 64 percent uh, I mean, if you look across the, uh, the stats, check out the Opta stats on, on, on the match they report. Um, in so many categories, we seem like the better team on, on paper. Now, now, obviously, when I say that, we were having most possession because we were playing behind most of the game, which, I mean, kind of seems to be the, the typical flow for a lot of these NASL games. The team um, that's behind ends, you know, carrying a lot of the stats because, I mean, in soccer, teams tend to pack it in uh, when they have a lead. But we were able to find a bit of uh, Miller time magic. So 
uh, there was a um, I forget who actually tried to take the shot, uh, but Bush for uh, Indy Eleven, uh, goalkeeper for Indy Eleven, um, had a great deflection where he really punched the ball really far out wide out outside the goal box, fell right to the foot of Stephen Miller, and Stephen Miller one timed it, couldn't tell if it was a uh, pass back in the box, if he was trying to shoot. Um, either way, it ended up a NASL uh, top play nominee because Dagnavit, that ball actually found it back in the net off of a ridiculous volley that I don't know if he tried to do. It's, it was his first goal of the NASL season, so awesome job for our magic man, Miller, um, to get a chance to, you know, Miller's a really good story. He sat out a lot of the season with an injury, to, and to see him back and to see him even get a goal, uh, pretty pretty special for him. I know he really seemed excited, didn't know what to do with himself. Reminded me of like a little uh, Jumbo Vano running around, not knowing who to hug and how to celebrate. Uh, but no, great, great, always great to see a defender, one of your own defenders that is, uh, getting that goal. Uh, but it, it tied it up. Our fan base, we were amped. You know, that was a 54th minute. So, I mean, at this point, you got, you know, 30 minutes or so left to go in this game 30 40 minutes left to go in this game who knows what's going to happen i mean there's a lot left to play the game's all tied up uh let's roll the dice let's uh let's put it out there and see how it goes so um one thing i did forget to mention about that zayed uh goal uh that ended up helping indy 11 go up a point that was actually coming off of a penalty kick i do want to go back and comment on a on that a little bit um, and the flow of play when it happened right in front of our fan section, uh, it was a 50-50 ball that uh, that India was trying to uh, go after right in the goal box. And Akira, um, he he kind of did like a slide tackle slide, not necessarily a slide tackle on the on the, the player, but on the ball. And both him and uh, and the India eleven player hit the ball same time. And when the ref whistled for a penalty kick, I was livid. I did not know what to do with do with myself. Absolutely. I'm sorry, pissed. Uh, I really was. Uh, I'm like, how the hell could this referee call this? But, you know, looking back at replays, and anyone who still is kind of sour about that, look back at the replay. What had happened was that Becky t- uh, was tugging on the jersey of the indie guy the whole time, which is probably why Akira was able to be 50-50 um, going after that, that, that ball in the first place. So, honestly, it, it, was a, uh, it was a deserved penalty kick, and they did convert. Um, but you know what? Hey, uh, it wasn't too too much longer into the second half. Miller got that goal, um, and just looking down um, the further breakout of the match, I was uh, I'm trying to remember the timing of it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if it was before or after the Stephen Miller goal. Um, but we were we were actually awarded a penalty kick as, as well, um, and Fani was going to be able to take the ball, uh, take the kick. Uh, what had happened was that Shipolani, he was uh, trying to make some nifty move right at the top of the box and ended up getting tripped up and, you know, went went flying and sprawled out on the ground and ref called, uh, penalty kick. Vani uh, had the ball in hand, getting ready to line it up. Uh, but then the side ref, the side ref decided to step in and talk to the head ref. And I really have... I've watched a lot of soccer. I know there's so many out there. Even my, my buddy Kevin that I was asking this, I'm like, have you ever seen a penalty kick actually called back after first saying it was going to be a penalty kick? I mean, it's not like they're looking at an actual replay. They're just talking about it, talking about it, and deciding what to do about it. Um, but yeah, they they were able to call it back. I 
personally, with all my matches I've been to Red Hawks, I've never seen it live before. I mean, shoot, with enough international soccer, I don't, I don't remember ever having seen a penalty kick waved off after initially calling for it. Uh, obviously, I'm sure that it's happened. I'm sure it's happened a number of times. Um, but, oh my gosh, how frustrating. Looking back at the replay, though, you know what? Honestly, I, I called it live. As, as soon as as soon as soon um, Shipolani went flying and they called the penalty kick, I, I immediately turned to my buddy Kevin. I said, you know, look, that was outside the box. I think we were just given a gift. Uh, but you know what? I didn't give a, I didn't give a damn because we were out to get a penalty, penalty kick. But that's exactly what the side ref saw too. It was outside the box. Looking back at the replay, yeah, it was it was outside the box. So um, we we were not deserving of of, of a of a penalty kick in that spot. Regardless, though, refs make mistakes, and it's just one of those things like we we didn't get the right break of a, a referee mistake. I mean, we've been on the on the bad end of a lot of referee mis- uh, decisions before in the past, and I have a lot of teams um, from time to time. We've been on the positive side, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the way that it turns out, uh, we didn't get that penalty kick. So going really deep into the match, uh, I really feel our fans, we were not giving up. And I think, I don't know, it was like one of those chicken or chicken or the egg things. Our fans, we were cheering really loud. We were being super supportive, um, nonstop throughout the second half. But I don't know if that was because we were seeing a lot of great play on the field or if the great play that we were seeing on the field was fueled by our fan energy. I mean, so many of the players afterwards saying that what really willed them to keep on fighting in the game was, uh, was the fans. So, I mean, just a quick note on what I am when talking about here. For our regular season, we had one of our best attendances of over 6,000 fans uh, came out for this Red Hawks match. As far as that Saturday, um, and I say that this way because I'll get to the actual stat on this later. As far as that Saturday, we actually had the best home attendance across the NASL. Something to very be, be, be very proud of, over 6,000. How awesome is that? I've seen too many years where we've been muddling in the three and 4,000, so to be hitting five, 6,000, over 6,000 consecutive games now, Pretty cool, pretty awesome. Um, so I'm happy for that. It looks great too when the stadium is uh, getting that full. Now, can we ever get to that seven, eight, nine potential ten thousand capacity? Well, that's another story. Maybe if we make some sort of uh, you know run at the playoffs or something. Uh, but anyways, anyways, I, I keep on sidetracking. So right at the very end of the game, um, brought in uh, super sub Johnny Orlando, as well as a few other subs that made some nice impacts as well. Um, Shriver definitely brought in some nice energy, uh, but bring, getting a chance to bring in Johnny Orlando, he had a really nice impact. Or uh, pretty shortly after coming in, uh, he was able to find the ball. Um, some beautiful passing, really real, was some beautiful passing going on by Railhawks late in the match. Um, but we were able to find Johnny Orlando pretty much right at the baseline um, on uh, Indy's side. And as Johnny was trying to cut back, he found an Indy guy laying down on the ground who decided to swat at the ball to prevent Johnny from um, having, you know, potentially a wide-open opportunity uh, at goal. But you know what? Swatting at the ball inside the goal box, every time, every time it's going to be that PK. So in the 95th minute of the match, against number one in the NASL, a team that's only lost, like, what, three, maybe four matches all season? Number one in the combined and fall standings, we're able to win by a Johnny Bravo penalty kick. It was so sweet, so 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 sweet. 
the fan, I mean, we erupted. We were so excited by getting a chance to see our Redhawks. We hadn't actually seen a, a home win um, in a little while. I mean, yeah, we, we did beat uh, Tampa uh, earlier on, but shoot, when you start taking a look at how this fall has been going, uh, it's been pretty dry. It's our only win in the past, what, five, six games or, or about four, five, six maybe uh, or so games. Um, so really happy to see us pull that out. We were super stoked to see a win against such a uh, quality team like Indy 11. I mean, they they were exactly what we thought they were. They were a tough, nose team that plays amazing defense. Uh, we were just able to get lucky with that Stephen Miller goal that was just, you know, caught them with their pants down because, again, it was it was a deflection. Uh, and then we got that fortunate penalty kick late in the game. I mean, really the one that was truly earned by just pure play on the field was probably that, that Fondy goal. Uh, the other ones required a little bit of uh, luck, I suppose. So, you know, with that win, now what are we looking at in the standings? Okay, so taking a look at the fall specifically, with Indy's loss and an FC Edmonton win, um, Edmonton actually is now controlling not only the fall standings, but the freaking combined standings as well. Holy cow, holy cow. Um, I'm going to run down the uh, fall and combined standings in just a quick second. Let's first, uh, I do want to take a look at the results from the past week. Uh, since uh, I guess the 17th, there were a couple games last Wednesday. Jacksonville, Fort Lauderdale drew. Yeah, that was a little important because, again, we're trying to stave off Fort Lauderdale, who's been um, hot behind us in the standings. Also, Minnesota ended beating Tampa Bay. Now, though Tampa was another team that we're working on jumping, um, unfortunately, we actually successfully did jump them um, this past week. Minnesota is that fourth place team. So it actually would have been much, much nicer if Minnesota actually um, was it was beaten or no worse than a draw because uh, now Minnesota picked up a full three points and, I mean, they, they stay a margin ahead of us. Now for the Saturday matchups, uh, Jacksonville played Minnesota and they drew. So Dagnavit, Minnesota, having played two games this past week, uh, picked up four points when they were already ahead of us. I mean, they're doing what they need to do to, to keep that margin as wide as they can. Um, and we'll, we'll see what that looks like on the standings in, in just a second. Fort Lauderdale, again, a team that's right behind us in the standings, beat Ottawa. And that win over Ottawa, that 3-1 win over Ottawa, is actually just enough uh, to tie our Redhawks in the combined standings. Yeah. Uh, again, our Redhawks, we had that 3-2 win over Indy. Puerto Rico FC hosted the Cosmos and lost. But you know what? The surprise there is that Cosmos has been a pretty shitty away team um, all season. So good for them for uh, picking off a win. I mean, Puerto Rico, is, they're, they're really a no threat whatsoever. Last place in the fall, last place in the combined. New York, they've done their work. I'd be It would be a shocker if any of the top three teams in the fall and combined did not make the playoffs. It's really going to be a, a shootout for that fourth spot. So Cosmos at this point, it's just whatevs. All right, um, Tampa Bay, they hosted Edmonton again. Um, it would actually be advantageous for Edmonton to win since, I mean, they're a, on, on a roll right now. There's really no catching them, to be perfectly honest, at least not uh, knocking them out of the top four spot. So Tampa, a team that was directly in front of us going into the week, they lost. They lost 0-1 at, at home. So that definitely helped us out. We were able to jump them. And lastly, OKC. Uh, the dumpster fire that is OKC right now. Uh, they continue to uh, go in their tailspin, and they lose on the road against Miami. And don't sleep on Miami. Miami's actually up to fifth place in the fall. 
and they are not doing too bad in the combined standings. They're back in the conversation. So what do the standings look like right now? Okay, as far as the fall goes, I'll give you a reminder. It's only the number one team in the fall that actually clinches a playoff spot. Again, the spring, Indy 11 won, and they clinched a playoff spot, okay? So now at Edmonton, they are number one with 22 points, uh, followed by the New York Cosmos at 20 points. Um, so, I mean, right now you have those, those teams kind of gunning it out, but still within shot uh, is Indy 11. Um, so really, honestly, at this, at this point, so those top three teams, that's all within technically with one game of being uh, the, the king of the fall. So the f- remaining teams in fourth place is Minnesota with 15 points, followed by at 14 points Miami, 13 points OKC, 12 points Carolina, 11 points Fort Lauderdale, 10 points Jacksonville, 9 points Ottawa, 8 points Tampa Bay, 7 points Puerto Rico. That's kind of funny. You go down that list. So, I mean, starting with Minnesota, it's 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. <laughs> points right in a row. No ties and points in that big stretch. It's kind of funny looking at looking at it like that. Perfect uh, numbers from 7 all the way through uh, 15. So, again, that order um, starting at number 4 is Minnesota, Miami, OKC. Those are the teams that uh, we need to keep an eye on. Um, but then right behind us is uh, Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Ottawa, Tampa Bay, Puerto Rico. So we're pretty much right dead in the middle um, in the fall standings. And again, we kind of had a really bad ooh for Canada spell. Um, but right now in the combined standings, this is really where the attention needs to be at. Why? Because in the combined standings, it's, again, you have your spring champion, you have your fall champion, and it's next two best teams. Okay. So if Edmonton ends up winning the fall or probably either Edmonton or New York at this point. Um, the other one is going to be likely that um, one of the like, wild card teams, I guess you want to call that. And right now, Minnesota's in fourth. This is looking like the other wild card team. So point-wise, the top three, unfortunately pretty untouchable right now. Edmonton has 39 points. New York Cosmos, 38. Indy 11, 37. Now you start seeing a drop-off. 31 points Minnesota, so it's 6 points less. And then 5-point drop-off going down to Fort Lauderdale, who's actually tied with our Railhawks. But I will say one thing. Taking a look at the top of the table there, FC Edmonton in first place, they actually do have a game in hand. But then you actually have to go all the way down to a Railhawks for the next team that actually has a game in hand. Uh, Everyone's played 20 games um, with the exception of, I think Jacksonville's played 21, if I remember correctly. Um, but then Edmonton has played 19. Our Relics have played 19. Ottawa's played 19. Miami's only played 18, so I'm not quite sure what happened to some of their games. Um, I'm sure they'll be catching it up. Yeah, I mean, they, they do have two matches this coming week, so they will start to uh, to catch up on that. Um, but anyways, uh, our Relics having a game in hand, uh, if that potentially turns into three points, I mean, we're right there. If potentially that game in hand can potentially, potentially, potentially equate to a win, then technically would put us about only two points out of fourth place. So, shoot, we're still in this. We're still in this. That just looks back at how crazy of a fortunate win this Indy 11 game was. Had I not uh, seen our uh, boys beat Indy 11, uh, I mean, where would we be in the in the standings? We'd be in ninth place in this, uh, eighth place in the standings right now. 
as of right now, we are six. So uh, again, let, let me go through the numbers. I mentioned Minnesota. That's a team everyone's trying to catch right now. They have 31 points. Fort Lauderdale and Carolina tied with 26. But then right behind us, OKC with 25, followed by uh, Tampa Bay at 24. Miami is coming on hot at 21 points. Uh, and then we clearly have the solo dwellers from there. Ottawa has 18, Jacksonville 17, Puerto Rico, who's only played a half season, at seven points. So with that, standing, with that being the standings right now, let's take a uh, little look at over the last mm, four games or so, what teams have been hot, what teams have not. Okay, so the best team in the last four games is actually Edmonton. They've been a perfect four wins. Um, over the last four games, picking up 12 points, so they've really stormed at the uh, stormed up the table and really are solidifying that uh, that top table spot. The next hottest team has been uh, New York, earning 10 points, going three one and zero. Again, three one and zero being uh, three wins, one draw, one uh, zero losses. Next best team has actually been a tie between Indy, going three zero and one, and Miami with the same three zero and one record. So shoot. Miami picking up nine points in the in the last four games has been pretty uh, pretty impressive. Next best team has been Fort Lauderdale, which um, they picked up seven points, going two one and one over the last four, and that was just enough to actually tie uh, catch up and tie our Redhawks. So next hottest team has been Jacksonville. Yes, Jacksonville, you heard me right. They have six points, going one. They've actually been undefeated the last four games. They've had one win and three draws in the last four. Uh, so good job for them being more consistent. They've had a coaching change, so maybe they're waking up. Uh, it might be a little too late, but right, we'll see. There's still about a third of, the left, third of the way left to go in this season. A lot could happen. I mean, shoot, you're still talking like 10 games. No one's behind by 30 points. Well, that's not true. Puerto Rico is <laughs> Puerto Rico is more than 30, 30 points behind uh, Edmonton in the combined standings, but that's eh, not really fair. They've only played half season. Uh, okay, so... After let's see, after your Jacksonville Armada, the next best team has actually been our Redhawks, since uh, we've actually had what a uh, two draws and a win, uh, earning five points. Uh, let's see, let's see. After that, we have Minnesota. They've picked up four points with one win, one draw, and two losses. So yeah, Minnesota. They're in fourth place. They have not been one of the hotter teams, um, only picking up one win, one draw, two losses over the last four. So are they cooling off? Well, that one win, one draw that I just mentioned, that came this past week. So maybe they're uh, riding the ship a little bit. So then the teams that have been quite lousy, just to be frank, has been Tampa, only picking up three points. Ottawa, only picking up three points. Puerto Rico, picking up two. And OKC, only picking up two points in the last four games. Okay, well, that just gives you an idea of who's been hot and cold a little bit. So now let's kind of... Uh, carry that forward to this coming week's matches there's only one match on wednesday that's going to be ottawa hosting miami now what do we want world peace no um, what do we want i suppose a ottawa win would be more advantageous it would kind of keep miami at bay since again they are kind of storming up the table um, being one i guess what the hottest team outside of the top three so, I mean, are they for real right now? Are they turning it around? Um, Ottawa is at home. Uh, to, but to be fair, a lot of Miami's damage as of recent has actually been undefeated on the road. Their last four road games has been two wins and two draws. 
One of those draws actually coming against our Railhawks. Uh, it's actually at home where Miami's uh, not been as strong. So are they? Is Miami, who's taking a pretty long road trip all the way up to Ottawa, are they going to be able to carry that road momentum and steal a win there? Well, I mean Ottawa, they've been doing okay at home um, over the last four home games. They have two wins, two losses, so not too bad. But um, I mean, we'll see. I think it's kind of a coin flip game, to be honest. But it would be slightly more advantageous. Well, it would be more advantageous if Ottawa was able to uh, pick up a win there. So a game that may be kind of with limited interest following. So Saturday, there's going to be three games. So we're going to have our Carolina Railhawks traveling to New York Cosmos. Tampa Bay hosting Rayo OKC. Miami hosting Minnesota. And for Sunday treat, Ottawa is hosting Indy. SC Edmonton is hosting uh, Puerto Rico. And oddly enough, two teams are on a bye. Uh, Fort Lauderdale is not playing this week, and Jacksonville is also not playing this week. So I just want to mention those two bye uh, scenarios just real quick. Um, but let's go back to the Saturday matchups. So our Railhawks, we're going to try to take on the undefeatable, the New York Cosmos, who all season through this point, they are still they are still undefeated at home. They have literally all wins and only, I believe, only one draw at home. So they've been almost perfectly perfect at home. Yikes. Okay. Um, if any of you are interested, I'll, I should be on the First Team podcast uh, later this week which is uh, hosted by John Fushante. He's actually been on my Railhawks podcast uh, before, but he does the podcast for the Cosmos, and we're going to be breaking down the game um, in a lot more detail uh, in that particular podcast. But as far as what to expect here, I really do like where our offense is at right now. It's just our defense. We need to put together a full game. The last time we went up to New York, um, I'm trying to remember, I, I think it was only a one nothing loss. Uh, it just came, I think it... I think it was Nico who actually put that goal up against us. I forget if it was a PK or not. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be rough. Um, I mean, it's, hopefully it's not. I really do hope that we're able to pull up something. I mean, even shoot, even a draw would really go a long way towards keeping us in contention. Uh, just picking up a loss is going to be pretty detrimental. And um, I say detrimental because, I mean, the table is so, so tight in the middle right now. Look at, I mean, looking at the other matches, what are we hoping for? Tampa Bay, who is going to be hosting OKC, I guess in my opinion, I think it would be best if they both drew. Uh, OKC, they're only one point behind our Railhawks on the combined standings. Tampa, two points behind Railhawks on the combined standings. If either team wins and our Railhawks don't um, at least draw, I mean, looking at a scenario where we're going to be jumped by it by a team. So... Again, a zero zero dry maybe maybe would be best since no one's actually picking up any goals. Uh, so then the last game for Saturday, Miami. They're going to be hosting Minnesota. Go Miami, Viva Miami! Uh, yeah, with me with I I know I mentioned earlier Miami. They're hot on our heels. They're hot on a lot of people's heels right now, storming up the table. But if we're trying to chase down fourth spot, that fourth place team being Minnesota, they need to lose. So Miami, they're hopefully going to be coming with the Thunder and going to be uh, messing around with the um, with Minnesota United. Minnesota, they've had it, like I mentioned earlier, they have not been the hottest team 
um, not even really close. So yeah, they had a good past week, but overall they've uh, definitely cooled off from how well they were doing uh, early in the season. So can Miami capitalize on that? Absolutely, we need that for uh, we need for that to happen. If if it's the case, if we could actually see RL Hawks boys win win against New York, which again is a pipe dream, and Minnesota loses, that's going to put our Hawks in a spot where we're going to be fifth place, only only two points behind fourth place, which is going to set huge stakes for the week after that when we host, yes, come back home and, and host Jacksonville Armada. All right, well, the Sunday matches, to be perfectly honest, I really don't think they have any implication, maybe not even worth watching unless you have, for some reason, very highly invested interest. Um, Ottawa's going to be hosting Indy 11. Ottawa, they're so far down, they're fairly out of it. Out of it. Indy 11, they're so far up, they're pretty much a lock. Edmonton is hosting Puerto Rico. Edmonton, the number one team in the league, virtually a lock against Puerto Rico, last place team in the league. Virtually locked and not not go anywhere and do anything special. Uh, Puerto Rico they have not won a single road match uh, in the last four games either. Um, and I've already talked about how Edmonton has uh, been running through perfection uh, as of late. So I think that's going to be uh, an ugly game. I mean, it probably would be the upset of the season if you actually had Puerto Rico beating um, beating Edmonton. So I mean, I say that, but I mean, almost every single Edmonton win is only by a goal. So I mean. Every team is kind of right there to potentially knock them off. So uh, that's the snapshot on uh, this coming week. Uh, I really, again, appreciate uh, all of you out there who are keeping up with the Off the Rails podcast. Uh, Look out for the episode on iTunes and SoundCloud. Unfortunately, I am going to be missing watching the game. I'm going to try to find a way to record it. You know what? We are playing New York, so it's probably going to be on One World Sports. There might not be an opportunity to record it. Damn it. Um, yeah, anyways, I'm going to be in the mountains um, hiking. My sister is getting married in two weeks, so congratulations, early congratulations to her. Um, not that she's listening. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but actually, uh, her fiancé is having his bachelor party, which is going to be a weekend camping trip in the Appalachian Trail. I think the plan is a 17-mile loop on the Appalachian Trail. So I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to it. I've had a chance to do my shopping for it, my dry foods and uh, making sure I'm getting getting some supplies ready. I've never done an overnight camping trip before. Oh, I'm sorry, I never done an overnight hiking slash camping. I've done overnight camping. Um, I've hiked plenty of times, but never done an overnight hike slash camp where you literally you're just living on whatever's on your back. Uh, only have to do it for a weekend, so I get to be homeless for a weekend. Um, I'll try to have well I mean I'll, I'll definitely have fun with that I'm going to say I'll try to have fun with that uh, but yeah it'll be, it'll be a different experience but the reason I may even bring that up is I'm going to have to miss that uh, New York match so for all of you Hawks fans out there uh, enjoy it enjoy another NESL week um, right before I go as I was recording this show um, I had my Pokemon Go yeah I'm sorry I had problem bringing it up my Pokemon Go um, off to uh, to the side and I just caught a Weedle. <laughs> uh, why does that matter? That one Weedle that I just caught just boosted me over up to level 27. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Woo. Uh, yeah, literally just hit level 27 um, by a Weedle. <laughs> the 110 points for a nice shot capture of a Weedle. All right. All right. Well, everyone, enjoy your NESL week. Um, go Red Hawks. Hopefully, um, hopefully have some advantageous results, not only on our end, but uh, around the league. 
All right. Good night, and everyone, uh, take care. Thanks for listening. Whoa!